Welcome um, to this series that we've been in. We've been talking about the different parts of our church body. And for one week, we talked about the generations past and the stories that have formed and shaped this church. Last week, we saw children and teens leading us and serving us in worship. And that was a wonderful week. I think it was encouraging for all of us. This week, we are talking about a church that has shepherds. And I am so grateful for the shepherds of this church. There are eight men who serve this church as shepherds. It's Ed Ballard and Sean Brentham, Dan Branch, Brad Sheaves, Cooter Hale, Paul Hurd, Kenneth Kirkland, and Stan Shipley. And today I'm joined by three of our shepherds for a discussion on what it means to be a shepherd at this church. So Cooter, let's start with you. Would you just introduce yourself? Tell us about you and your family and how long you've been at Preston Road. Well, first, first of all, thanks for doing this. Um, my name's Cooter Hale. Um, I think I've been here the longest with the folks up here. We've, Claire and I have been here since 1983. And um, my wife, Claire, is sitting in the balcony. We have uh, two children, uh, two sons. Uh, George is a reporter for National Public Radio, and he lives in Bloomington, uh, Indiana. And our younger son, John Ben, is in the Air Force. And sadly, he's was transferred from Honolulu to San Antonio just a couple weeks ago. So he's, he's kind of sad, but we're really glad that he's closer to us. Thank you. Sean? Uh, I'm Sean Brentham. Uh, Paul and I began serving at the same time, right? So eight years ago. And uh, my wife, uh, Kim, and I have been members here for 23-ish years. And our oldest daughter is Abby. And she graduated from ACU two years ago and now is an art teacher at Abilene High School. Uh, middle daughter is Violet, and she is a senior at Harding, getting her theater education degree. And then Molly is here with us today. She is a seventh grader and goes uh, to Garner Fine Arts Academy in Grand Prairie. And that's us. Paul? I'm, I'm Paul Hurd. Um, I've... Uh, been a member here since 1987, but the first time I was here was in 1985, and Bubba's Chicken was served in 1985. <laughs> that was a, a fun occasion that uh, J- Jeff Wheeler and I went to uh, school at Evelyn Christian, and uh, uh, the, uh, we, our, our club had a, had, a, had a party here in, in, in Dallas, and Jeff said, well, if anybody that comes to Preston Road that uh, Sunday after our uh, spring formal, we w- they would serve us a meal, and they had Bubba's chicken. And it brought me back in 1987 when I got out of grad school. I met my wife in the back of the auditorium, and we were married in 1989. We've raised three kids here, um, and we uh, and our our oldest daughter uh, just got married here. She's she's a, she and her husband are members here, and we're excited to uh, to be a part of this church. Sean, we'll start with you on this one. You, you mentioned this earlier just about when you began to serve. So can you tell us about the beginnings of your service as an elder? What year was it? What was that first conversation like? What were some of your excitement, some of your worries? How'd your family feel about it? Well, my family was really excited. They couldn't think of anyone that was better than me to serve. <laughs> and uh, now that, let me tell you, uh, Cooter actually is the culprit, so if any of you don't like me, you can blame Cooter, but he, he came and, and mentioned something about it, and, and man, it was not on 
my radar, and it certainly wasn't on my family's radar at all. And my first thought was, I'm too young to be an elder. Um, but it, uh, I just, I just said, we'll pray about it. And the more we prayed, um, God just kept laying it on my heart that, uh, this may be where he wants us. And so, uh, Kim and I felt very inadequate, um, serving in this position, but, uh, we just decided, you know, if not us, then who? And, uh, so we started and, and, um, I talked to, Jim, a really good friend of mine at the time, and I said, man, I, these elders meetings, I just, he goes, let me tell you, when I first started going to the elders meetings, I felt like my feet weren't, wouldn't touch the ground, you know, I was like a little kid, and that's kind of how I felt, I've just uh, enjoyed serving with these, these guys so much, and, and learned a lot, and, and uh, working at this church has just been uh, a great time of our, our life, so. Thanks, Paul, what about you? So I, uh, I became an elder the same time Sean did in 2015. I'd been asked before that. Uh, Mike Boone worked on me for a number of years. And so finally I, I agreed and uh, became an elder in uh, 2015. And, uh, you know, I'd spoken to my family about it. And, uh, but the, uh, uh, and they were supportive of that. Um, my father had served as an elder um, at our church where I grew up in El Paso, so I kind of had a little sense of, of, of what it was like and some of the time demands. Um, but, um, but anyway, um, I've uh, been serving here in the last, I guess, eight years almost. And uh, it's just been an incredible opportunity to serve a church that I love so much. Kuda, what about you? Um, like Paul, I thought about it uh, one time before we have a process that every few years we do it and. I had been a deacon here for a while, and uh, Claire and I talked about it at that time and decided that the time wasn't right for me to even consider it. And so in night, the process was going on in uh, 2004, and I became an elder March of 2005. Um, uh, Claire has been awfully supportive of me in every aspect of my life. She also is one of my... Um, better supervisors, let's say it like that. <laughs> and so she, she's good to bounce things off. And at the time, we had a 17-year-old and an 18-year-old male, and I think you were asking how they felt about it. I, I don't think 17, 18-year-old males express any, any feelings on any topic, so we didn't really hear, hear too much from them. But I've been doing this for about 19 years, uh, and um, almost every moment of it has been something that's been very rewarding. Paul, can you think of some elders who have been influential or models to you, either growing up or maybe elders at this church in previous years? Can you talk about some examples that you look to as those are great elders? Uh, sure. As, as I mentioned, my, my father served as an elder at our church in El Paso, and uh, it was you know it was a smaller church. Uh, there were only three elders, and um, you know it, there was a, a lot of changes going on at that time, and it took a lot of time on his part, but I could see... Um, through him, the love that he had for the people at our church there. Um, and then here, there have been so many great examples. When I first started coming here, people would even, people would still talk about Brother Bell as being an elder. He was, he was gone by then, but his, his wife was still here. Uh, but through the years, um, you know, people like, you know, the original elders that were here when I started here, Stanley Scott, uh, M.B. Winstead, Joe Nix, 
um, men that uh, you know had a true love for this church showed it through the the service that they gave here um, you know I, I mentioned Mike Boone you know Mike has been uh, a big had a big impact on this church over his years um, talked to him multiple times about becoming an elder and um, but there's there's so many others you know I, I ran into Royce Hunter uh, who's here uh, he served as an elder for many years uh, Ray Curry Jim Samuel uh, Hugh Rucker uh, each of those guys had had different talents but they had um, a love and a desire to, to uh, shepherd this church and to encourage this church to be active in our community, active in the kingdom in so many ways to uh, help us uh, put our focus outward and to, uh, uh, to show the love of Jesus uh, to those all around us. Kuda, what about you? Well, I was trying to count. There, I think there are five retired elders sitting out in our audience, Michael and Mike Boone and Larry Pearson and Jim Samuel, Samuel and Jim Markham. And uh, over the years as an elder, I've relied on them for sure. Um, two of these names, Joe Nix is one uh, for sure. And Cullen Johnson is another one that I um, think are models for being elders. Um, just so you'll know, we met Mike and Marla Boone the very first day we walked into this church building, and they have been kind to us for 41 years. And the first family that who invited us to their home were Hugh and Gail Rucker. And uh, just so you know, that, that that meant a lot to me back then. They ultimately, they were deacons, I think, at the time, and they became elders, and they're real models to me right now. What about you, Sean? Um, I saw Hugh uh, and Gail here today, Hugh was known as our Morgan Freeman of Preston Road. He had the voice of God. I'm Hugh Rutka. <laughs> um, when, uh, when I started thinking about this question, I first thought about my contemporaries, and I have to just throw in that I, I don't think anybody has helped me as an adult more than Michael Sanderson and, and Darla Sanderson, so I've got to give them a, a mention. But when Kim and I first started coming to church, um, we moved back from New York, and this would have been uh, 23 years ago, and we started looking for churches, and Kim had gone uh, here before she moved to New York, and we started attending a young marrieds class, and I, I was still kind of kicking the tires of church, and it was a great little class, a lot of young parents. And at the time, uh, Martha and Colin Johnson were elders in that class. And I remember a particular Sunday that a young mom uh, really just had a breakdown. She was under a lot of stress, and she uh, began to cry and talking about her anxiety and how she had lost her faith, and she didn't know if she believed anymore, and she was struggling with that. And, and I remember thinking, you don't talk like that in church. Like no, nobody talks like that. Um, it was so raw and emotion filled that it just it shut down the teacher, it shut down the class, and everybody's eyes just shifted to Cullen. And what's he going to say? And I really expected him to say, "Listen, you know, meet me after class, and we'll talk about this." But uh, the first thing I noticed was Martha, and the look on her face was just pure love. And um, it was like, I get it. And then Colin said, um, 
you're going to be okay. We're here with you. We love you. You're not alone. And then he's, he, he talked about faith being a journey and not uh, just a destination and that there's going to be hard times. And I just thought, I, I looked at Kim and I said, this is it. This is where I want to be and who I want to be. And Colin, at that time, I believe he already uh, was suffering from the cancer that would eventually take his life. And for me, um, he lived that. Um, his faith was, was a journey. So if I can just get a little of that, uh, I would be a, a happy man. Thank you for sharing that story. Cooter, let's talk about just what it means to be an elder here. How do you understand your role as an elder? What are some principles that guide you? Um, I, I'm not a deep thinker, so <laughs> um, I, I think it's the, the shepherd model, really. I, I've been thinking about this this week on what you might ask. And I grew up on a farm, and we had animals, and I think it's, that's the perfect description, I think, about what an elder's job is to look out for the flock, um, protect the flock, um, feed the flock. Um, I said the other day um, when I was doing the announcements at the end, uh, watch the flock. Um, we're, we're always watching you all. It's not like uh, the all-seeing eye watching you and see if you're going to mess up. We're, we're always just watching what you're doing as members and you know, we're just so proud of the things that you all do for each other and for our church. Um, but I think it would be just like watching a flock of sheep sometimes. It's, it's, to me, that's the perfect description in the New Testament about what an elder ought to be. John, what would you say about that? <clears throat> well, I've, I've learned a lot from this man to my right, and that is don't talk so much and listen. <laughs> and... Um, I say that in all seriousness. Uh, um, the things that he says is, are, are so wise, and it's because he listens with his heart and soul. Um, I think if I had a uh, a mantra, it's um, use me. You know, God, use me. And the subtext to that would be uh, use me just as I am, broken and, and distracted and anxiety-filled and... Uh, you know, busy with life, um, use me just like that and do amazing things through us. And I, I can't think of an elder that doesn't do that, show up um, when it's good or bad. And, you know, Cooter served through cancer, and uh, he, he, he tried to back down, and, and we all just said, you, you can't do it. You got to fight through this, and man, I just whew, that was powerful to see and uh, serve through through his time of chemotherapy, and uh, so it's use us how we are. And I, I hope that people that are thinking about teaching a class that they remember if you're waiting to be perfect, or it's, it will never happen. The only thing gr God's grace will help help you through all that. So serve just as you are, Paul. Um, you know, adding to, to the things that, that Cooter and Sean said, I'd say one other thing we try to do is to, um, you know, encourage our members as well. Um, Larry Pearson, one of our former elders, he, he, he used to like to say that, uh, you know, all the, all the big ideas that have, have turned into to big ministries here, you know, came out of, of, of various members. 
Um, you know, if you think about whether it was the uh, uh, city, what's now City Square, it started as a food pantry, uh, what started as Amy's Friends, which is now New Friends, New Life, or the clinic. You know, all of those were, were ideas that a member or two or three got together and thought, hey, there's a need for that. And, uh, but that kind of came out of the membership. And I think by encouraging and, and, and uh, 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 lifting up ideas that our members have, we can help, um, help this church uh, become a, uh, you know, a lighthouse into, this, uh, into the world in which we live. Paul, you, you serve as vice chair of the elders, Brad is chairman. Can you just, I mean, a lot of people probably have a general idea of what elders do, but could you tell people just in general, how do our elders go about the, the work of shepherding here? What are some regular meetings and ways that that happens? Sure. So, uh, so we have standing meetings every month, um, and with the beginning of every meeting, we spend time in prayer uh, for, for all of y'all, for those that are hurting, for those that are suffering, for those that may have asked for special prayers. We spend a, uh, at least the first 30 minutes or so of our meeting uh, talking and praying about each of y'all. Um, and then we kind of go into uh, kind of some of the business of the church. We have reports from each of the ministers. Uh, we do you know, look at the financials um, and all of the administrative things that have to be done. But there's a true focus in those meetings to uh, look for ways how we can empower our ministers and how they can help uh, help serve our, our members. Um, and then um, we have all of the members kind of divided into what we call flocks. And each of the elder has a, as, as a list of a list of people that are assigned to them. Uh, each of us pray over that list uh, uh, frequently. Um, we're available for any of you to, uh, if you need some special prayers or need some discussion, we're available and we seek that out in any way as possible. And then, um, you know, usually, you know, a, two or three times a year we have a workshop with the ministers. Sometimes it's with a larger group. We had a workshop, you know, a little year over a year and a half ago with our missions committee and all our ministry staff kind of doing a deep dive in terms of, of missions. Some, we had one last year uh, talking about um, how we work with our, our, our new members and guests. Uh, we had one where we talked about, uh, you know, building community. So anytime there's kind of some deep topics that we need to spend some focused time on, we put a workshop together and, 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 and dive into some deeper, weightier matters. But that's kind of, kind of what we do from a, on a regular kind of meeting kind of basis. And I don't want you to miss um, what Paul said at the beginning. The, the first order of business when the elders and ministers get together is to pray for you. So when you come visit someone in the prayer room, and if they're authorized to share that, if you fill out a prayer request card, if you fill out something online, you are not only being prayed for immediately when we get that, but those names show up again, and we discuss and talk about the prayer concerns of this church family. So anything we are authorized to share with each other shows up at that meeting, and that is order of business number one every time we have our meetings. Maybe, uh, let's just do a quick hit. Maybe one or two of your favorite passages of Scripture. Cooter, can we start with you on this one? I, I think my favorite passage is uh, in Luke 15, the lost coin, the lost sheep, and the lost boy. Uh, just uh, just resonates to me. Claire says I read it too often and talk about it too much, but it, it is my favorite passage, I think. Uh, I guess mine would be Hebrews, uh, first part of Hebrews uh, 12 where it talks about running a, a race and having this great cloud of witness and 
the writer makes sure to say that the first thing you've got to do is throw off all the sin and everything that entangles you and run the race that God has, has mapped out for you. And, and through it all, you know, keep your eyes focused on Jesus. I just love that imagery. One of my most favorite passages is in Philippians chapter 4, where he talks about rejoicing in the Lord, talks about um, everything through prayer and petition, presenting your requests to God, not having anxiety, and thinking on the, the higher things. Um, that helps me focus my mind in so many ways reading that. I think it's verses 4 through 8 or 9 um, is, is probably, I have to say, is my favorite passage. Last question. What is most rewarding about serving as a shepherd of the Preston Road Church? Sean, let's start with you. Well, I'm going to answer this in kind of a strange way, but I'll tell you what's hard about being an elder. And I think the eldership, the, f- the format that we have is an outdated system. In biblical times, all the way up to the 1950s or 60s, men were, uh, families were having children in their early, late teens and early 20s. And so they were retiring um, in their 40s. And with modern society, we we have put our jobs first. And so families aren't really starting until their 30s. And that's that's no different from most of us. And so I'm I'm 55, but I still have a child in middle school. And so that's extremely difficult. And as I think about all of our elders, they, they all serve and still work in tremendous ways in education and government and lawyers and teachers and uh, university directors. And it's, it's uh, extremely hard to balance all of that. And so getting to the rewarding part of it, the, the fact that we're not in control and God is in charge, it, it is fresh on all of our hearts because when we come to an elders meeting we don't come as holy saints we come as broken men that have our own stresses and knowing that God is in control is so rewarding and the other thing uh, the other two things that help is having a congregation that is full of grace and can forgive us when we stumble Uh, and then lastly having the greatest staff in North Texas, in my opinion, um, having uh, each one of our staff members work full-time at uh, making disciples is makes our job really easy. So those are the, the three rewarding things for me. Thank you, Sean. Paul? Um, I would say that <clears throat> we're blessed with a, with a church that I think most of us generally like each other. I don't sense there's not a lot of discord. Uh, and, and um, but when we do have some challenges, you know, we we're, we're, we address those. Um, but the uh, one of the most rewarding projects I worked on as an elder was uh, kind of leading the team with with Stan on our preacher search, and that was a, a challenging time in many ways. We had a great committee of people uh, from the congregation that served on that. Um, and there were there were highs and lows, but uh, I'm really excited how we finished up and celebrating just over a year with Josh and Aubrey being with us and their great kids being such a big part of our youth group that uh, to me that was kind of kind of been one of the most rewarding things I've done in my service. Thank you, Paul. Peter, my, mine would be um, 
making a real difference in people's lives that have real needs. Um, you know, our, our church is so blessed financially and other ways, but we have uh, plenty of members that have real needs. We have two members that I can think of right now that are probably not going to make it. They're that sick. And um, being able to be um, a group that makes a real difference in their lives that, that really helps them along the way is, I think, the most rewarding thing. As we close, I just want to share one scripture with you, and then I want to, I want to pray for our elders before we sing. Uh, Paul tells us in his first letter to Timothy that the elders who direct the affairs of the church well are worthy of double honor. So I don't know what a double honor round of applause looks like, but would you show our elders some honor right now? Let me, let me pray for our shepherds, and then we'll, we'll stand and sing. God, I'm thankful for each elder who serves currently, who has served in the past, for the ways that they have directed the affairs of this church in so many ways, and for the ways that they are active in people's lives when trouble comes, when needs arise, when a crisis occurs, and just their presence in the everyday lives of our members. I'm thankful for the teamwork that exists among our elders and staff. And Father, I pray that you would bless our shepherds with wisdom, that you would give them every measure of strength that they need to do this work that they have so nobly volunteered to do. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's be standing as we sing.